after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Mr. Boss believes in you. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. What do you got cooking today? Uh, it's a bit of a grab bag, or as we call it on this show, adcolades and admonishments. I will never remember that that's what we call these shows. It's so easy. I still call them cheese and G's. Don't, every time you say it, you make it that much harder for everyone to get on board with the new regime. Okay. And it's been the new regime for a while now. Not a new regime. Adcolades and admonishments. Adcolades and admonishments. All right. Take issue with the listener who sent in that suggestion. Well, I have to take issue with you who decided to promote that suggestion <laughs> no i like it i like it i it just i was texting with you today and I, I think i called it cheese and g's i couldn't remember what it's called anyway so this is a, a bunch of commercials most of which um i believe came across your radar yeah. and you've added but i think i've got a couple in here sprinkled about that's right and we've also got a commercials in the news and um is the show that we produced for last week proving <laughs> to be a what would be a fait accompli? Compli? Fait accompli? Uh, yeah. Is I, it the most popular show we've ever done? Well, it, it it hasn't gotten there yet, but it is trending high, which I, I think is good. I think it means that um, you know, positive visualization obviously works. <laughs> I'm glad we read The Secret before we produced that one. I'm just wondering if it does become the most popular show, we have to do one of two things. Either call every show the most popular show. <laughs> right. Which there's probably diminishing returns on I that, think so. or I think there's some there's probably a paradox in there. Somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Or yeah, possibly unless you keep building all the time, um, or we just make this not about TV commercials anymore. It exclusively does become a podcast about radio commercials <laughs> that, that would, I hear during Mariners games. Yeah, that would be um, that would be a real additional level of difficulty i feel for what is already a niche interest <laughs> at best all right we're also going to check in with the ad council as we always do near the end of the show and one thing we did talk about uh on the show last week was a commercial for york peppermint patties that's actually a couple of years old now and we went through great we went to great lengths to try to identify the name of the <laughs> stuffed plushie. I guess the the plushie monkey, it's a monkey doll. Yeah, that's in this act. A little girl says the name of the monkey, but we couldn't quite figure out. A listener wanted our help. Like, what is the name of the stuffed monkey? It's driving me bananas. The monkey's name is not bananas. Um, although that would be a good name for a monkey. Um, but having said all of that, we've made some progress yeah. with the help of the ad there council. There have been some breaks in the case. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I have an email pending to the person who I believe created that commercial. Yeah, always go right to the source. I'm hoping to hear back from them, but I also came off as a goon in my email, um, as I often do. So yeah. I'm expecting Just, the uh, usual radio did you silence. Tell him to, did you tell him to get your references from the guy in the lottery ad that we accosted? <laughs> I still follow that guy on Instagram, and every time he posts something, I feel deep deep embarrassment i really gotta stop following them anyway let's start with some ad collades and admonishments
Oh, I see. I'm actually up first here, Veeves. I don't think I realized that you put one of my commercials up here. Now, wait, this is one of yours? The plant-based nugget commercial? Yes. Okay, did you put this in the show sheet? Because let me tell you that what I was mystery okay. I was trying to yes. solve with this thing. I was putting the show sheet together. I saw this in the like the sort of repository where we leave things that we might want to talk about at some future date, but mm-hmm. don't fit into whatever theme we're talking about that week. And it just said like fuck no underneath it. Yeah, so and I and I watched it and I wasn't that mad about it. I was like I believe I, what it said was "fuck you," which fuck is because I watched it me. once. Somehow it came across my transom. I watched it once. I added it. Like maybe we can talk about this in the future. And I was just so angry. But at not- I thought I wrote "fuck you," and I'm like <laughs> racking my brains for. That's why it now says, "Why did this make me so mad?" It did it. Oh, I thought it said, "Why did this make you so mad?" No, it says, "Why did this make me so mad?" <laughs> and I'm asking that of myself. It didn't make me mad. That's what. That's the answer to this mystery. Are you curious now yes, why it made would, me mad? Yeah, I'm going to change this to why did this make <laughs> you so mad? Okay, so now this is a commercial that's almost two minutes long. It's a minute and three quarters long. So I'm guessing that this is an extended version of something that is chopped up and other versions have um, hit the airwaves, I'm guessing. Or this might be one of those long pre-rolls that you can skip through um, once you watch the first 30 seconds of it on Hulu or something. Something along those lines, but it is um, for Burger King, and it is for as as we just said, it's for a plant based chicken esque nuggets, right? Right? Is that what we call them? Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm talking like a character in this ad because the whole point of this ad. Now I watched this like two weeks ago, so I realized I should, probably should have brushed up before trying to describe it. Now it's a bunch of people going through life looking. The tones in this commercial are very kind of shadowy and muted, and kind of like. Everybody seems a little bit depressed. That's the kind yeah. of major vibe here, right? It's a, it's a hardcore bummer is the vibe. Yeah. And you see all these people and they're looking a little bit confused and lonely. And I think the voiceover uh, explains why they're feeling this way. And it's because living in modern times, according to this ad, is just so difficult <laughs> and so confusing. What with, <laughs> Well, we'll talk about my critiques later. You'll but, hear that um, the voiceover does a lot of work. Just know that every time you're hearing the voiceover describe something, you're seeing it um, pretty literally on the screen. Gary's daughter likes to dress up like a princess. Is this bad parenting? Jada wants to delete a text message she sent to her ex, but that sends a message that she deleted a message, which is worse than the original message. Frederick wants to leave a better world for his children, but he'd have to have children, which experts say is the least sustainable thing for the planet. Stella's neighbor got a dog called Max. That's her son's name. Did they give their dog a human name? Or did she give her son a dog name? She's confused. Daryl downloaded an app to get, you know, physical. It's where he met his wife. Now, they don't get physical anymore. Alejandro just bought an eco-friendly washing machine on Black Friday. Did he do something good for the environment? Or something really, really bad. Sophie read that it's not safe to drink the tap water and that plastic bottles kill the planet. How is she supposed to hydrate? She's got three days to find out. (laughs) The world just keeps getting more and more confusing. 
So obviously, Burger King launches chicken nuggets that got no chicken, but taste like chicken. Plant-based chicken nuggets? <sighs> Confused. Okay, this is now the second time I've watched it all the way through. And there's a lot more silliness in it than I remembered. But when I first watched it, and I think there are a couple of things that kind of, I'll just say the word triggered, although I don't know if it's the right word here, but triggered my response here. And again, I mean, I'm talking. I'm surprised that that commercial didn't use the word triggered in a, exactly. in a mocking Well, context. that's the thing, right? Like, I yeah. am king of the snowflakes here. And I'm yeah. about to lean into that even more so. But I think the thing, the very first thing that put me off is it began with talk of gender right, right. away and gender norms right away. Um, which I have some strong feelings about. Um, and also, I think the, the the person they chose for the voice also gives an air to what I assume this person sort of looks like and where they're coming from in the world, which maybe isn't fair. But I do think that that's part of the experience for me here, because when this commercial begins, I hear this husky, what I consider to be, you know, probably like, I mean, maybe even a slightly southern twinge, maybe not, but like kind of like a an older white guy who the world is just too confusing right. for him right you now. Can't say, I can't say anything yeah, he's anymore. One, he's one comment away, one vignette away from saying you can't say anything anymore. And I realize there's a lot more frivolity in this ad than maybe I gave yeah. her credit for at first. Like the whole thing about the naming her kid Max and the dog. Like that's just silliness. The three days to find out what, how to the hydrate. three days to find out. But that does, I will say anything in this ad that touches on real modern concerns like... People in Flint still can't drink water. People can't can't drink water. Yeah. Um, climate change is a real thing. And also, yeah, we are socially engineering our kids to think that pink equals girl and blue equals boy, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And yes, it is okay if your daughter is into princess Obviously. shit. It's also okay if your boy is into princess shit. And it's just like, if you look at that issue and your takeaway is, I don't know if my girl is allowed to like princesses or I'm a bad parent, you're not, look, you're not really doing the tiniest bit of intellectual work right. to actually talk about what we're talking about here and the commercial just sort of hit me on a day where I'm just sick of people saying I don't know the the framing of things of I don't know if I'm allowed to say right. this I absolutely hate sure you're allowed to say whatever you want and everyone else is allowed to react to all it. we're saying is is you might want to take a thought about what you're saying and yeah. you know what I mean and like I say a lot of stupid shit you know what I yeah. mean that I will then apologize for or whatever but like I agree that the, the idea of trying to be a good person in the world should not be this burden of I can't I'm strangled by the oppression of modern society. I think that this I think that you are right about the voiceover being a negative for this one. I think it would have been better served by a female voice yeah. or a younger voice. Yeah. Um, I know it's tricky to say this, but like um, a voice that didn't sound so obviously white. Yeah. Um, Which would be interesting to find out if this voiceover artist, like if this is something that I could be loud wrong I, about. I, I could be loud wrong too. Yeah. But that's that's the, you, you know, you're asking about how did it make me feel? Yeah. That's how it made yeah. me feel like a white guy was telling me what for. Because I actually like the performance. I love the performances of most of the of, of the people in the vignettes. I think that they do a good job with it. They're, they're appropriately, they're, they're, the silliness of their over thinking it is evident from their performances i think the princess his daughter being a princess is he's being a bad parent is a thing that well-meaning people people like you and me if we had a daughter that's a conversation that we might have with each other <laughs> in private or with our friends or whatever half joking but also half thinking like 
uh, where did we take a le- did we take mm-hmm. a wrong turn somewhere? Or isn't here? it ironic? Don't you think? Yeah, like did we take a wrong turn? Isn't it ironic that after you know we're so committed to um, the idea that anyone can dress up like a princess if they want to? Does it feel like a defeat that our little girl mm-hmm. is just gravitating towards that? Um, I think leading with that one was a mistake. If if you bury that a little bit more and you start with something that's more frivolous, like the dog thing or something, maybe I wouldn't. And the visuals on the dog one are hilarious because the dog and the kid have they intentionally make their hair look very Mm -hmm. similar, so like it pairs them visually. Yeah, I just think I think the worst thing about it, honestly, other than the day that you happen to hear this, is is the qual is the characteristics of the voiceover i think you I think yeah. you get a different voiceover and i'm you know you get the woman from the um oh gosh the at&t uh voiceover uh lena lena oh yeah Thwait, yeah I think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i love that she's a great because I, I, I think of her voice it's so dis- uh-huh, distinctive uh-huh. and i also know what she looks like because she's an actress and i think i hear her voice and i associate her with this story and i'm like more on board I'm um, trying to figure out if there's any way I can figure out who this voice is. Because, again, there, there's no guarantee that that's an older white man who's doing that. It just evokes But are you going to be me. stunned if it is? Um, no, I wouldn't be stunned. But I do want, I was kind of hoping that I could actually, because, again, I, I will be the first one to say it. Like I just said, you can say anything and then own up to it. Like, it would be pretty funny if I'm making assumptions about this right yeah but i can't i can't figure that out but we'll leave it there it wasn't just the gender stuff it's just it started off that way but then also just kind of like oh i don't know i also just think it's so like tropey and tiring now just like i get out of the movies and i don't know where to throw my stuff which there's a bit of truth to that like as far as your you garbage to, and there's you a bunch have to of stand bins, there for a second like, and figure it out but uh, yeah but it's not like the it's just not the it's not that burdensome to be alive in 2022 with these social. I mean, it is burdensome in some ways, <laughs> but not, not in the ways that are seem to be identifying here. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think I think that the, the the dilemmas that they pose for the people are either just straight up silly, like dog name or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or should I delete that text? Or will that make it even worse than sending the first text? Right. That that's nothing, very, yeah, that's yeah. very like modern condition. Sure, which I didn't know you could. I didn't know you could pull back. Maybe if you're both on Apple or something. I have no idea what people with iPhones can do. I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so for, for the stuff that's more like political in the loosest sense of the word, yeah. I guess. Um, or it's topical. Or yeah. It, yeah. More topical is probably the right word. It's. I I think that they actually did pick examples that I that I found relatable, mm-hmm. and maybe it's stuff that I don't say always say in my outside voice, but I found it relatable nonetheless, and so I I I enjoyed this one. And as I said, why was I so mad? But I wasn't. Mad. <laughs> but you weren't. Yeah, I won't do that thing because I sort of feel like both. Like I I'm open to being. Um, you know, yeah, honest about maybe being, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like that would have been ugly if it had right. been like you know, Joe knows that he's supposed to call so and so they, but why is there only one of them? You yeah, know? there was like, some. Yeah, that you could would see be, that. Oh my you God. could you, that I could mean, have been written right into that there. That would be the backlash. And that would be, would be absolutely yeah. offensive. Yeah. Although there is some scumbag, I think like Razor Company. Um, our friend Celine sent this to us, and you luckily, some for some reason, the link didn't come through to your phone, and only no, I weird. saw it. You only saw my reaction, and you didn't understand why I was <laughs> reacting. But there was like there was some razor company that like some I don't know sporting event or something dropped them because. 
or they encouraged them to to use more um you know pronouns that were more inclusive or something along the lines and so these scumbags started their own razor company it was like it was like a the most maga kind of trolling not even maga like what are the younger troll dudes who are like really socially conservative and like really leaning into the idea of a man is a man and we can say that we're men and we're a razor company and there's nothing wrong with that it was like this i can't keep up, i can't keep up with toxic, all of the terrible acronyms yeah. that people have constructed for themselves but it was like less right yeah but it was just like one of those things that's a certain tone of 2022 of like the, the conservative backlash to people <gasps> trying to be nice and trying to meet people where they are but anyway yeah. i'm doing that thing now where i feel like i didn't make a very good point and now i'm just like Extending it and making the show worse and making my point worse. So maybe it, maybe that just hit me on the wrong day. You know, like I'm, I'm yeah. open to that. So let's right, move but on. But watch to, yourself, Burger King. But, oh, I think you're gonna say watch yourself, Walsh. Um, now uh, I was gonna say on to maybe lighter fare, although this I don't know if that's true. Fare. Okay, it this is, is it's definitely Wayfair fare. It's Wayfair fare, which is a company I um uh, I God I hope I never find out anything. I mean I'm sure they're bad in all of the predictable ways in terms of where all their shit comes from, but. Um, I haven't heard anything especially bad about Wayfair, so I hope that continues to be the case. I've got a chair coming from them on Monday. <laughs> um, but this ad just was served to me before I watched some random YouTube video, and it just charmed the pants off me. Hmm. I took my pants off. I was wondering. I remember. I, I, now I know the day. Yeah, why you, now you remember. Why were you watching TV why, in public? Oh, yeah, you why you had it. to be called. Why, that was why the, you had to be called down to the station. <laughs> the- <laughs> That's right, because you were at Teddy's and you just took just off took your pants. pants off. Yeah. Um, no, this is a really sweet ad, and it's I think unfortunately going to be mostly me describing it. It's a very visual one, but there's just something. I don't even know exactly how it makes a case for Wayfair, except that it's in somebody's home. But a mom <laughs> leaves her her nice, pretty big suburban house, and she leaves her what looks to be about 11-year-old kid mm-hmm. uh, home alone and tells him not to make a mess. And his name is Liam. And Liam goes through this house filled with Wayfair appliances and furniture, and it just shows the breadth of, like, how Wayfair, like, everything you can buy from Wayfair. And each for each thing he kind of comes in contact with as he's making this huge mess, uh, it shows, like, the what it is and the price of it. And he's sort of, like, feeling himself. It looks like I've never seen this before, but I'm watching it now. He's, like, kind of dancing through he the house. He's, like, totally owning it. Liam is living his best life, Andrew. <laughs> he is just this... He's this sort of, like... He's not a super cool-looking kid. No. By which I mean, he's just sort of, like... He's a little bit schlubby, but he's clearly fully actualized yeah. and loving his own life and loving his enjoyment of life he's eating messy spaghetti and dropping it on the wa- machine washable rugs he's dancing he's doing a little bit of the tom cruise you know um risky business uh sort of slide into frame and dancing and he's also you can see here he's actually creating um tiktoks and yeah posting he creates them. he creates tiktoks i'm actually so interested good. in seeing how this resolves though because i've been clicking through and i just see all of the messes so he's making so she, can i hit play and then mom just yeah mom just arrives back and liam has made a huge mess but it's just kind of like it's sort of that for real real life Message, oh, it's not you know? like, oh, but then thanks to Wayfair, he was able to get it no, all No, Wayfair up. won't clean your house for okay, you. Okay, well, that's a real disappointment right <laughs> there. Liam, don't make a mess! There's the slide in. And it says, Liam makes a mess, very much like a, a Wes Anderson. And the music is very Wes Anderson, there. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this feels like kind of right out of um, uh, Bomb. And he's making spaghetti in the microwave, and it just splashes it all over. Now... It's saying like durable sofas are three hundred dollars. It's showing the products in the house and giving you the um, the prices for them. He all right now. I mean, I like 
I like Liam that he's feeling himself, but this is giving me Ajita. Like he is <laughs> he, destroying. He drags this all the lighting house. in the house into one room to make to set up a studio for himself to do this TikTok dance. Now mom's coming home. He just Liam sort of beelines for his room. So it says everything home for everything in life. Yeah, no, Lee. I understand why you love that. Like Liam is definitely a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I want to know who this kid is. And again, almost like the opposite of um, what we were saying before about like. I mean, this feels like a positive commercial that you'd only see in 2022, yes. right? A, a, a boy who you say is like kind of frumpy looking. I'm assuming is a boy, and like, but it's just like does not feel any inhibitions at all to exactly. be doing his little dances for the camera. He's emulating and just these like, like these sort of sexy ladies in spandex for his TikTok. So yeah. yeah, it's very like gender. I don't want to say it's it's not like hyper gender fluid, but it's like it, it's not hung up. On, it's not hung up on it yeah. either, right? He's not he's not emulating like a like a, a male artist, right? Couldn't and I think that's all intentional. Wouldn't you love it if this was a young Aaron Mason? I mean, it could be. It, Doesn't like, he it evokes you a young, young Aaron, Aaron Mason? Mason yes. We should get him back on the show, man. Oh, we should. He was one of our most regular guests for a while. I um, also haven't seen that cat in a million. I know years. we got to get him back on, but uh, yeah, no that 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 commercial is a delight. Um, anyway, so I th- that one just charmed me so much. I immediately stopped whatever content I had gone to look at and found that so, so I could watch that again. Um, this next commercial or set of commercials you have here kind of blew my mind. I didn't see the visuals for it. I had no idea. I was very surprised when I finally saw the visuals for this, what the product was. Because really? I was getting I was, very different vibes. I couldn't agree more. I, I like these. I like... I like them, um, and I like the person who's involved with them, who's, yeah. who's associated with them, because I'm a big fan. But it is a weird pitch for ginger ale. But I love that Eric Wareheim of Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job, all of those. Um, Aziz, I mean, uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, Master of None. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's in a million things. But, like, and, he, you know, he's he was one of the architects of today's modern version of, like, weird-ass, edgy comedy, right? Yes. And I think most people know who he is, especially in our audience. But... It's also fun to see him with the occasional music videos, like for MGMT, he was right. doing music videos a while back, and bringing like the weirdness of Tim and Eric, or Eric, <laughs> I guess, to these things that are a little bit for a broader audience. Not that MGMT is like, my dad's not getting down with it, I guess. But um, <laughs> but now we, here we have Canada Dry, right? Yeah, and, the and mainstream just, ginger like, ale brand. One of the more mainstream of the ginger ale brands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I isn't mean, even Verner's. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, we're yeah, we're not even in like the ones that are too gingery. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so this is for Canada Dry, and it's Eric Wareheim, and it's very Eric Wareheimed out. It is. Um, the premise of this campaign, and there are a couple of them in it. I, I, there may be more, but I found these two is that Canada Dry Ginger Ale is like a, it's like a comforting, uh, warm blanket. Like the overall, the the imagery of coziness is being mm-hmm. invoked, which is to me, I mean, ginger ale, it's, it's, it's like, it's refreshing and it's, it's almost effervescent the exact. Was and it, it's was sharp. It, was it Canada Dry that did effervescence or, Schwe- no, that was Schweppes, Schwe- that was Schweppes. Schweppes. right? But like, that makes sense to me. I'm yes. with you. This seems like a... I like these commercials. I'm really glad he's getting paid. Yeah. I, I love Eric Wareheim. But the idea of associating ginger... Well, hold on. Well, let me finish the thought. This is like a should, should be for like soup or hot cocoa or exactly, something. Exactly, because it's all about... Like this one is specifically called cuddled. and it's a, But here's maybe where they got the idea now that I think of it. Because I'm with you. Like I like ginger ale, but I like it to be sharp 
and and very bubbly mm-hmm. and you know like not. I don't want the, a flat ginger. No, I don't want a flat, warm, cozy ginger ale. But you know what? I'll bet you this is supposed to be evoking. I'll bet you they were saying to themselves, "What do people often associate with ginger ale? Maybe drinking on an airplane, or honestly." You would in our generation, you'd go to the nurse's office yeah. in school. They give you ginger ale. You'd go home on a sick day. What do your parents ginger give you? Ale. Ginger ale. So I wonder if they're sort of thinking, hey, maybe we can t- tap into that nostalgia of the coziness one feels when they have a sick day at home and you get to take because this is something that I think, again, people of our generation talk about like. I got a question on on my other podcast about this the other day. Like, what is your um, what was your routine for your sick days? Yeah. You got the t. This woman wrote in. She's like, I used to get the TV to myself. I'd have sure. the TV in bed. I wasn't usually allowed to watch TV in my room at all. But on a sick day, you're at home drinking ginger ale. You're king of the TV, which is dragged into your room. Whatever. Maybe Canada Dry is trying to like uh, kind of lean into that. I guess that makes some sense, although. Without wonder, saying sick, of course. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's they don't want to say sickness. They don't invoke sickness, and I also wonder because I'm sure the idea. Of, I mean, I'm sure there's no there's nothing about having ginger ale that makes you feel better, right? It's yeah. just a sugar soda. I mean, my assumption was always if you had like a a tummy ache, maybe it gives you the burps and it kind of re- that or like ginger is supposed to be just real ginger flavors. I think like supposed to be something of a tonic, but. But it still feels like a big reach for me. And mm-hmm. I also wonder, is ginger ale still the thing that you eat, you drink when you go home sick as a kid? Like, I don't know. It feels old fashioned to me. Yeah. It is strange though that people do have like their routines around ginger ale. Like I drink the vast majority of ginger ale that I've had in my life, I've had on an airplane and I don't know why. And I didn't even know, like I think I ordered it the very, very first time I was on an airplane and I have no idea why I did it. I didn't know it was a trope. <laughs> I really didn't. And now I realize it's a thing. Everybody yeah. drinks ginger ale on airplanes and I don't know why that is either. I'm a fairly regular ginger ale drinker because Jack and ginger is a, is a very oh, frequent yeah. go-to for me for a cocktail. If yeah. I'm at a, especially if I'm at a bar where I don't really know what their deal is or like what's um you know what, what's good what's good so i just a jack and ginger is very predictable uh, although i did as an adult come to find you know they don't all, not all bars have ginger ale yeah. per se and they make what's called bar ginger which mm-hmm. is what it's just like soda water and bitters i mm-hmm. think anyway can i ask you a question unrelated yeah. to all this yeah have you been clubbing recently or going to raves i have not been to a club in probably I mean, it would be, it would have been a couple of years before the pandemic since I last went to a club. I feel like I see glitter on part of your face, and I wasn't <laughs> I did, sure. I did put on some glitter eyeshadow today. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I, I'm not just, I'm yeah. not, okay, all right, good, good, good. Um, I guess I should have just started with that. I just assumed that if you had glitter in your face, you're, you've been clubbing. So anyway, this is, I mean, I don't know how to describe this other than it's very um, Tim and eric You see a woman, she's on her, her sofa somewhere, but she's also sort of like the sofa sort of floating in a green space with yeah. bubbles. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of like... Like uh, edited together, repeated images against you know all green screen stuff. And Eric Wareheim is like sort of this almost godlike figure. He's wearing some sort of a poet blouse with a blazer <laughs> over it, and he's uh he's kind of you'll hear him kind of narrating this. He's kind of whispering, and then yeah, there's a lot of like kind of psychedelic imagery as his face gets superimposed over the screen a million times. And the analogy here is um, he's saying that it's like a warm embrace, like. 
being snuggled by like I think he says like a thousand cats or a cat one thousand times the size of a normal <laughs> cat and you sort of see these visuals again very psychedelic and this woman is suddenly very small but on top of a giant cat as they're floating through and uh, did I describe it good enough Genevieve for yeah. to let the vocals I take think, over I from think here? you'll get it in the comfort zone it's like being cuddled by a thousand kittens one thousand kittens or one kitten 1,000 times normal size that whispers soothing words from motivational posters it's appeared in. Mr. Boss believes in you. And work emails aren't allowed in here. Let Mr. Paws reply all. Canada Dry. Zip into your comfort zone. I wonder if... See, this is what I don't know about... Tim and Eric and their working relationship and everything. But like when I think of this style of weirdness, yeah. a big part of it is like the editing, which I always thought was Vic Berger, who's like, is it Berger or Berger? I, I think it's Vic Berger. I yeah. could be wrong about that. Who I believe kind of brought this weird editing style and even the voice going low for a second. It's got all of the hallmarks yeah. of a Tim and Eric skit. And I wonder is like Vic on the sidelines being like, um, I could use some of that Canada Dry money. I mean, maybe Vic's involved. But There's maybe no, Vic's no involved, to think yeah. Because if not, it's kind of like, listen. You created the style that was very, like, yes. clearly associated and, and unique to your um, creative collaboration. Yeah. And are you being, is it, you know, above board to take that, for someone else to take that style and just, like, repurpose it to sell ginger ale? Well, the even thi- if you include one of the the creators who was involved with it, that that's the thing that I think changes it. If you've yeah. created something that is so kind of has such an impact on the culture, you're going to see other people yeah. take it, and you got to just trust that you got yours. And imitation yeah. is the sincerest form of flattery, right? But if somebody is stealing that style, but then also taking like the face of your your yeah. um, the person that you collaborated with on it. I'm sure that those conversations do happen. I like to believe, and I have I've never heard otherwise, that Eric Wareheim is, you know, a a reasonable and fair collaborator with with mm-hmm. Tim Heidecker and and anyone else. So, like, I mean, you know, they still do tons of work together. They still tour together. Mm-hmm. Like, so I can't. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not I've trying to heard, cause I've, trouble. I'm just wondering if that's of weird. Any, of any like bad blood over like the extension of that brand in different ways it would just be sort of weird unlike, I think, unlike will see. ferrell getting mad that he didn't get to be um the star of oh my uh, gosh. adam mckay's movie how strange is show. that very strange yeah um i'm trying to do some cross-referencing here to see if anybody else is, is connected uh vic burger with uh with canada dry i, I would love to know because i mean if he actually did direct this that would make a lot of sense but on the other hand but and this is what i really don't know because we'll just move on because this is stupid what i'm saying but like <laughs> i don't know how much of these the original ideas actually came from eric's brain because like if you eric i know was the director specifically of those MGMT videos I'm thinking yeah. of. And those have a very Tim and Eric-y feel. Right, lots of green screen, yeah. lots of like, awkward sort of posing for people. It and, is yeah. more stylistic and less like the weird cutting and repeating and, and visual repetition yeah. and stuff. But like, I don't know where those roles break down between their yeah. artistic vision. I mean, as far as I know, Wareheim directs commercials too, right? He could have directed these. Very In well, fact, very, he very well might very have. Very well might have, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's listen to one more. This is a just 15 second one, but this is the same uh, same Eric Wareheim voiceover. Um, and instead of the especially psychedelic editing style with the mm-hmm. uh, repeated images and lots of green screen stuff, 
this the this revolves around a guy getting a hug from what is identified as the stuffed bear that he sold at a garage mm-hmm. sale years ago and it it now manifests as like a giant version of that bear that's sitting on his couch with him the comfort zone is like a hug from your childhood stuffy who's forgiven you for selling him at a garage sale he makes you feel loved in a way you can't put a price on even though you did it was 275 <laughs> Canada Dry. Zip into your comfort zone. I think that's a really good joke. I um, think that's a good joke. I do not like their tagline, sip into your comfort zone. It's I don't like that either. Doesn't it's not memorable. It doesn't roll off the tongue. There's something off putting about it. Um the one thing I do like because it's funny, we're we're we like Eric Wareheim. There are things I like about this commercial, but I feel like all the negative stuff is coming to the top. I will say I put these in as an as an accolade. The sound design is great. Like yeah. that leaning into the crispness of the, the can popping sound at the beginning, which has no visuals to go along with it. We just know what it is, right? And then yeah. again, like you said, that effervescent sound of the of the um, there's of like the a real ASMR quality. Exactly, yeah. So I actually think the sound design is really good, and the visuals being very green. I mean, it does kind of make you thirsty. It's just then I start thinking about, oh wait, I don't know. There's something about I start thinking about too much cat hair in my ginger ale or something that does not cat seem right hair, to me. Cat hair, a very old uh, stuffy that's been at a garage sale. Yeah. It's like a couch that looks like it's seen better days. Mm-hmm. It's strange. The visuals, yeah, to me, are interesting and enjoyable visually. And I think that you're right. The sound design is effective. But I think that it works overall somewhat works as cro- at cross purposes with its intended pitch. Yeah. Um, up next, you have something for uh, Choice Hotels, which I don't think I'm familiar with this, right? Yeah. Choice Hotels are like a they're like a family of hotel brands. And this is just like, you know, how to. You you can just go on a vacation because it's easy to book hotels whenever you just want to take you and your son get a wild hair and you want to go on a little fun vacation. Mm-hmm. I put this in here because I I forget where I came across it, but it just strikes me as. So let me back up. Yeah. The story here is that a dad comes to his little son who's probably quite little, like five or six, mm-hmm. and says like, buddy, let's go on a road trip. Let's go on a vacation. Great. Nice. You know, great thing for a dad to do, right? They go. But the kid says, can I take Mr. Craigle? I forget what the fish's <laughs> name is, but he says, like, can I take my fish? So they take, and like, of course you can take your fish. No, you can't take your fish. But of course in the commercial, you can take your fish. Uh-huh. So he takes, so you have the little, this like little boy, cradling a full goldfish bowl which you know is quite big to a little kid Mm -hmm. full of water sloshing it around i'm assuming i haven't seen this got a fish in it and they show the family taking them going to several different of these choice hotels and the little kid like puts the laborious you know pushes the fish bowl up onto the counter as they're checking in and like oh it's so cute Mm -hmm. and all i can think like, I'm so distracted. I have no idea what any of the words are. In this <laughs> all I can think is, like, that fishbowl is going over. Oh. That fishbowl. I mean, not not like I thought it was actually going to happen in the ad, but, like, it fills me with anxiety to see an open fishbowl out in the world. Well, I haven't seen this, but I'm filled with anxiety, so let's check my own anxious reaction to this <laughs> thing. With Choice Hotels, there's always a reason to book it. Hey, bud. How about we go on a little trip? Can Fred come? Fred's a good name for a fish. Pull up at a Comfort Inn, pushing the goldfish over uh, over the counter. Kind of brushing his teeth with the goldfish. Whatever your reason, 
Book over 7,100 He holds a fish up at an aquarium. Oh, I don't think yeah. they're going to let you bring that into an aquarium. I don't think they're going to let you bring an open fishbowl into an I aquarium. I absolutely do not. Yeah. It's funny. I'm going to say something a little bit snobby here, which I don't mean to because I'm really not snobby when it comes to hotels and whatnot. And I know people who are. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely not like that or, or judgmental. But it is interesting that in this commercial, which is not a super cheaply made commercial, they show the outsides of these buildings and like they look fine. They, I'm sure they're clean enough or whatever. But like they also just look like kind of shitty buildings out in the middle of nowhere. That's what you these, know what I mean? I've stayed yeah. at a number of hotels that fall into this family and they yeah. look exactly like that. And I what, know. You just think that they would find like they would have one that would be like the cream of the crop, which maybe I'm <laughs> I'm not asking for false advertising here. I guess it's very accurate advertising, but like the shots of the building, like when you're just like a kind of a not very good looking kind of looks like a cheaply made modern yeah, freestanding structure you're, like you're in some maybe zoom in a little bit you yeah. know focus on the cookie on the bed <laughs> you know i think i i agree i hear you and i think that's a reasonable critique but i also think that i actually want i would wanted to do a show about how um not that this is about poverty it's mm -hmm. definitely not it's about but it's about a very middle class yeah. experience yeah sure there's nothing particularly luxurious about this experience it is squarely aimed at people who are who have money to go maybe on a little road trip um and stay in in motels um that are clean and uh and reasonably priced and the whole thing but that have really no frills i yeah and i i do think that that's a that yeah there is a they are threading the needle here because they don't want to signal to anybody that the the, the name of this ad is there's always a reason to book mm. and I think that it's really intentional to say to people like you don't I mean right now people are stressed about money. Yes, Inflation very true. Is I was just thinking us. that. That's why I didn't want to come off as being like snobby. And, and I see the second shot I of this wonder other if we're going to actually see like, a turn to yeah. advertising that speaks to people where they are a little bit more instead of yeah. being quite so aspirational yeah. because we talked about that in terms of aspirational like behaviors, right? Like Instead of talking about, instead of treating people like they always feed their kids, you know, beautifully home cooked whole mm -hmm. food meals, like sometimes you give your kids candy filled yogurt. And yeah, like, right. Just, that, that's parenting sometimes. Like, congratulations, you're doing it. And I wonder if we're going to start to see a shift into more like, um, more modestly appointed homes and mm -hmm. cars and clothes and things like that. Because I, it's very hard to relate to someone who has, you know, a $170,000 kitchen. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's crazy. Yeah. And I was thinking you, you pointed out something, you know, I'm so bad at like identifying the trends of, of more recent history because like I'm so rooted in like the 80s and the 90s and like you can really feel the delineations of those years and even you know i was born in the 70s but looking backwards like to me it's like the 60s you could almost put a bow on either end of it and i know that's not the way life works but like you think about the 60s you think yeah. about an aesthetic right 70s 80s 90s and then and this is probably just age but i got to the 2000s and then everything started blending together right <laughs> yeah, it's until, mostly age. until re it's mostly age i think but also it might have something to do with our generation also looking for so forward to that 2000 mark and then once you got to 2000 like it's almost like hitting your, I mean, it's like age. It's like hitting your 40s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything afterwards is just like adulthood. Yeah, whatever. Ooh, I'm 46 now yeah, or whatever, right? right? Luke but was I, talking about that I the other day. I also think that those, those, uh, those bows that we apply to those previous decades are only ever applied post, you know, 
post-decade. Absolutely. And we won't know for a while what even really what the what the aughts were about. But those aughts are definitely, I mean, we will now, I mean, we are 22 years past yeah. 2000, obviously. Um, and it, it it's in more stark relief, I think, for younger people because I, you know, the iPod, the announcement just went out that they're going to stop creating the new iPods, right? And I read from somebody, I don't know what her generation is, but significantly younger than me. Um, uh, I think her name is Zandra, but I think I'm actually messing that up slightly. But I'm a big fan of the On the Media newsletter. And the woman who writes it uh, wrote this really interesting, you know, look back at she saw this as the end of an era, the end of her childhood sort of and and she was so reminiscent about this time then like oh yeah what I, I don't know i was just like working in new hampshire yeah. at that time you know I had an iPod. and and yeah, yeah. And, and then um, i had a smartphone but you asked me about a walkman right <laughs> yeah, and right. I'll, I'll i'll give you four newsletters um, <laughs> so all of that is to say i think as i'm getting a little bit older and, and and with the passage of time i'm able to sort of identify a little bit more of the vibes of that 2000 even though i'm kind of late to the game and i think younger people are doing it better than i am all this to say a few weeks ago on this very show i just thought you, you said something that really stuck with me about how we look at sort of class and how we spend our money and you mentioned how when you look at those very early 2000s i guess sex in the city was really kind of the very late 90s is that right did that start in 99 maybe i think it's aesthetic is uh or it's it's relationship to the audience was 90s because the people that it was speaking to were people who were like oh, sort of in their prime in the 90s. Sure, but that era of the early 2000s seeming to be more like just more glam yeah. sort of, right? From from the end of grunge. The end of grunge and being into like um I can never say the name of those shoes. Manolo Blancs. Manolo Blancs, as they are famous. No, Manolo Blancs. I was closer were, than I thought I was going close. to be, to be honest gonna, with I you. I hope the no, Manolo Blancs really catches it. <laughs> um, like hey, I went for and, it, though. Yeah, but no, no, I mean, like, yeah. the, the idea that this Suddenly era these, of, like... like these high-end brands became so aspirational and like, yeah. you know, and people every... were buying shoes with the red soles that were like yep. knockoffs. Right. I mean, as if that, you know... As if that means anything. Right. And but but it was an age of just like your face of, of glitteriness and like, you know, and and I, I just see I that. I put and on then... one day of a little bit of like <laughs> glittery eyeshadow. It looks good. I um, But anyway, then th you compare that to 20 years later, 2022, where are those same, you know, the, the people of an age, let's, let's say young adults who maybe were um, attracted to that part of pop culture, what they're seeing now, what the style now is could not be more opposite of that. I mean, it's it's comfy, mismatched yes. socks that are slipped into yeah. um, and I think wealth Crocs. Is, wealth are, is signified in different ways. Wealth is signified through experiences. Uh, I think mostly, I think often of like Airbnb and VRBO, Verbo, um, like the way that we signify wealth, and actually, I think a listener talked about this on face on our Facebook group. Um, is you know you can afford to go rent a huge, beautiful, yet tonally and stylistically understated um, beach house somewhere with a you know, but but wealth is signified in these less. Um, conspicuous ways mm. still there i mean still it's, it's still wealth don't get me wrong but it's uh the way we signify wealth and and um, privilege is evolving to be i think a little bit more camouflaged because privilege itself is a mm. complicated and problematic idea for mm. a lot of people is it almost more like a, a wealth of like 
act like you've been there before. Maybe it's act like you've been there before or like act like you're comfortable in this space, mm-hmm. but also like, you know, you're not trying, you're, you're enjoying it. You're, you want the, you want to spend the money on things that um, enhance your experience, but it's unimportant to you whether you're mm-hmm. signaling uh-huh. your wealth to other people. Yeah, of course sure. you are. Yeah. But the, the vibe that you're trying, that you're signaling is that you don't care mm-hmm. if you're signaling. Yeah, right, right, right. That's how you signify true wealth. You'll always have, Matthew McConaughey advertising for Lincoln, though, right? He'll oh, always yeah. be. He'll always be like the old money, like. Well, his is a certain brand of um, the way we associate the kinds of things we associate with wealth and masculinity. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and um, it's it would be interesting to like a casual wealth and a casual masculinity, but I but think high a, levels a casual of both. a level of casual comfort with with uh, luxury, so comfortable that you don't have to. Be in a tuxedo, you can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, be a little bit more dressed down. Yeah. Open collar. Yeah. Open collar. He's a handsome man. He is. Owns a soccer he's a, team. He's a talented, handsome guy. I, you know, he's he's eminently mockable, but he can take it. He can afford it. Um, that's how he, you know, that's another, that's another thing. You can signal that you're so... Uh, so proud, so so comfortable in your wealth as you can be made fun of a little bit. I'm gonna play some tape here. Only be I, I don't know even know why I'm doing this. It's just because it's some early tape that I pulled for TBTL years and years ago, and it's from Family Guy. And I don't really like the tape, the the tone of Family Guy. Um, no, even, it's just even, the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, parody. do you re- do you remember yeah. this? It's again, it's like it's Family Guy, so it's in your face. I don't re- I don't totally love it, but I do think that um. It's blunt and it's not it's not nuanced, but I do think the imitation of McConaughey is kind of funny. You are just awful. You're one of the worst actors in the history of film. <laughs> Dazed and confused was the one thing that was passable. After that Oh thanks, man. That actually launched my career. <laughs> after that, everything else was awful. Contact, they did they, they didn't even need you in that movie. They could have done the whole movie without you. I know, I said the same thing, but they were just like, Oh, we need a good looking guy with a great ass and some tight abs to just provide some down home enthusiasm in this picture. Something to counterbalance Jodie Foster. They took her to be uh, slightly cold, uh unapproachable, you know, so they put me in there. I said it didn't make any sense. Said th- said the same thing about that uh, Bill Murray elephant movie, but they were just like, Oh, the audiences need you. I mean the joke here is less on him and more on people who hate him because yeah. he's just so affable and it, it, in this parody, self-aware. In, yeah. yeah, exactly. Haven't heard that in years. Okay, let's move on to commercials. Want to talk about commercials? Oh, got? is that what we're doing here? Oh, yeah, sorry. Let's talk about this Smirnoff Ice commercial, which is a brand I didn't know still existed. Remember Ice Bros Icing Bros? Yes, and it, it sort of seems like they were maybe even ahead of the trend a little bit of the non-beer alcoholic. I mean, I know these are a little bit more um, malt-based. Yeah, but. I mean, these were... Yeah, this was... Smirnoff Ice was essentially Zima. Yeah. Right? Which I miss Zima. Oh, who doesn't, man? A lot of people. It's sad. It's a lot sad. of people. That's how you know you from the 90s. Yeah. I love Zima. This is... <laughs> I remember smoking a cigarette in front of my friend John, and this is like the 2000s at this point, and he looks at me and says, I ordered a Zima, not an emphysema. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that way more than I should. Um. So this is for a new Smirnoff Ice um, brand called Neon Lemonade. Uh, which really probably tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, and it's with the rapper Ty Dolla Sign. Mm-hmm. And the story here is that we have a couple of friends. They're cool. They're good-looking young people. They go to the liquor store. They see the last 
case or box, whatever, uh, 12-pack of Smirnoff ice neon lemonade, and they grab it, and they just beat Ty Dolla Sign to getting it. So he follows them to their party where they're serving it, and uh, and that's where we, we get to the, the sort of the crux of it. Yo, I can't wait to get to this part. Real. Oh, look, the last man out here on lemonade. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so he's arrived at the party. This party, by the way, is insane. Yeah. It's also extremely neon lemonade themed. One and only Ty Dolla Sign. Ah, that guy from the store. Catch. It's the neon way to lemonade. I love the colors in this. The whole party, like you say, is just like people um, all wear. It's like an outdoor um, pool garden party. Pa- pool party, it's and everybody. It's not a garden party. A very, um, very fluorescented out yes. and neon. It was very LA. Yeah. Um. So I sort of stepped on the joke a little bit, but the oh, the kid from the um the or the kid the young man from the uh the, who grabs the who has grabbed the lemonade and is throwing the party sees Ty Dolla Sign. Says like, oh hey, it's you, and yeah. he immediately thinks he's recognizing him as a famous person. Says, yeah, it's me, Ty Dolla Sign. He goes, no, you're the guy from the store. Yeah, and that's it. so it again, he only recognized him. Wait, you're one and only Ty Dolla Sign. Ah, that guy from the store. Mm-hmm. Catch. Then he tosses him. It's then he the ices his bro. It's very um, it. I do love the colors on that. Is that what kind of grabbed your attention, or you like the joke? I think that it's. I wanted to ask you about it because I feel like when you have when a particularly when like a when anyone really a sports person or hip hop person or whomever has to identify themselves Mm -hmm. in the ad. I feel like it's a signal that the the marketers are not confident that the audience will know on their own. Yes. Um, and so it, I'd never heard of that uh, artist before. Oh, really? Commercial. Yeah. But I don't listen to much music. I don't want to toot my own horn but i had heard the name Ty before. is that because that's is that considered bragging i've heard the name Ty <laughs> the fact that you call <laughs> the fact that you were talking about the other guy and you said the kid i'm sorry the young man <laughs> it was like some of the oldest shit i've heard not that i haven't said the same stuff there are they are kids to me and uh that's it's true. It's, that's how mm-hmm. old I am. No, I'm the same way. I'm not trying to throw stones here. It just was funny <laughs> that that you corrected yourself by saying young man in a way that made you sound even older than calling him a kid in yeah. the first place. No, yeah, I, I get it. But anyway, so I so yeah, so I think he did need to identify himself. But so it's always mm-hmm. hilarious uh, to me when someone is a celebrity is like they are in the ad as themselves in the role of celebrity whomever mm-hmm. and yet also need to identify for the watching audience who they actually are. I have a little update here. It's not the big update that I'm waiting for. I'm still waiting for this person to email me back. But um, I have confirmed that Eric Wareheim directed this Canada Dry commercial, which I had a feeling once I kind of said that, which changes everything I said, because I have no idea what Vic Berger brings to the Tim and Eric relationship versus what Eric's directorial eye is. Has the rights to this style? Yes, absolutely. So that's pioneered it exactly. So um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of. um, I don't know. I just wanted some closure on that. Um, and I think we maybe just have one more here. Yeah, and this, one's this one you. is on my, this is on me as well. I think a listener sent this in. It might have been listener Jim. I don't have the note in front of me. Just wanted to kind of put it on our radar. And it's very similar. Talk about putting a, a bow on things. This, I feel like, is very kind of similar to. 
um, how we started the show, kind of like what it's like to live in the modern world or modern America and sort of coming to grips with that, but done in a very different way. Have you watched any of these yet? Do you know, even know not. what the deal is as well, at all? No, I'm, I'm totally in the dark here. Okay. Well, there's three in this campaign. I think it's interesting also to like kind of break down the way they're trying to, um, identify different stereotypes here, but I'm going to try not to over explain the first one that we can maybe back into it and deconstruct this some more, but this is for once again, a meat product that is not made of meat, right? And yeah, so it's kind of again, it's all the rage. Yes, exactly. And it's again similar product to those non-chicken chicken nuggets. It's wrapping your head around the fact that you enjoy these things now that are not meat, even though it's like basically like beef jerky, right? So yeah. this first one is they're asking me over two humps on this. One is that I don't like beef jerky. Yeah, that's from true. Beef. You call it a bag of farts. Um, so um, this woman, Genevieve, you can see her on my screen here. I want to put her in her maybe early thirties, maybe. Oh, I would have guessed a little older. Maybe but... a little bit older. A woman. Okay, maybe maybe she's even kind of middle agey. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. She's an adult woman, though, right? Yes. Um, Recently into adulthood and she is actually at the gym doing something that's a little bit weird now that I think about it she is now at the gym but taking a little uh, break at the gym to eat some beyond meat jerky right and then a younger version her former self her I believe tween age or teenage self who is very emo confronts her in the gym you act like you're not excited to see 16 year old you no I am I guess. What are you eating? Now she is the sixteen-year-old. The sixteen-year-old version. Emoed out. She's got her hair. I mean, just like it, her hair's like got a big blue streak in it. She's just like, yeah, totally emo. The hair is covering almost half of her face, so that one of her eyes can't even see anything. You know, she's like her her um her posture is just like so like her. Her arms are just are absolutely so... littered with skinny bracelets. That's right. Yeah. So I'll start from the beginning again. You act like you're not excited to see 16-year-old you. No, I am. I guess. What are you eating? Beyond Meat Jerky. It's good. Made from plants. Ew. Want some black licorice? Same color as my soul. Ew. You don't understand us. No! <laughs> so shake your snacks and then at the end Delicious they're both standing in front of the camera and the tagline is uh you've evolved so should your snacks I right love that. Yeah. it's pretty good premise and it's pretty good premise um it's a pretty good premise and what i now like is they have the structure now they can deal with some other stereotypes this next one is kind of close there's a there's a fella who, again, is maybe around the same age range. He's in his office place, right? It looks like some sort of open space office place. And he's eating uh, his Beyond Meat jerky. And uh, the young him comes up to him. And the young him is like a new metal kind of kid. He's like, uh, got, he's wearing, you know, a lot of spikes and, and chains. and More the punk. and Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a new metal vibe. Oh, you said new metal. You think you can ignore middle school you? I'm going to try. Chain nerd. <laughs> that beef jerky? Tastes like it, but it's beyond meat jerky, made from plants, which is kind of- Weak! What happened to us? We were gonna eat pizza pockets till the wheels fell off. <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> That's a shit like this. Oh, I brought you something. Kid goes in Here his bag. Here it is. 
<laughs> the kid goes in his bag, pretends he's reaching out with something, but what he reaches, what he comes out with is just his fingers in the form of an L that he slaps to his forehead. The loser. I really, I actually think I like this one a little bit more like because that one. line until the wheels come can, off is a great. Can I tell line. you? I love this kid. He he looks slightly familiar to me. I wonder if I've seen him in some other project, and he might be one to watch. I really like the line we were gonna. We were gonna what eat, happened to you? <laughs> eat pizza we were pockets. Eat pizza pockets till the wheels fell off. And the wheels fell off. It almost feels like it. it, it I'm gonna sound like Luke. Like everything was ad libbed, but like I, I feel like <laughs> there's something so imprecise about that line yeah. that is what makes it so funny to me. Yeah. Whether it was part of an ad lib process or it was written that way brilliantly, the it's fact hard that for me it doesn't like that kid ad libbed that. Yes, exactly. But it feels there's something imprecise about that. Yeah. Line Line that makes it all the funnier to me. I want to actually listen to that so again. Because it's so emotional. <laughs> yeah, until the wheels fall off. That beef jerky? Tastes like it, but it's beyond meat jerky, made from plants, which is kind of... Weak! What happened to us? We were going to eat pizza pockets till the wheels fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me that we have to use that at the top of the show at some oh, point. Oh, I love this kid. Okay, so now the kind of like mopey new metal and the mopey emo are kind of similar yeah. vibes. So now here's the third one. What if you were a jock? Right? Yeah. I mean, they have so much they can play around with Oh, here. it's so great because we, who's not so different from the kid that you were when you exactly. were 12 or 14 or 18 even. So we're here we have a guy um, and he it looks like he's maybe in the garden center of a, of a Home Depot or right. maybe just some garden store or something and um, you know good looking adult man blonde hair kind of slick back and um, uh, the young boy who confronts him his past self is uh, wearing like a um, a jersey, like a football jersey. Yeah. So I assume that he was uh, a football player in, I don't know, middle school or high school. Yo, you embarrassed to see high school quarterback you? More surprised. Sort of. <laughs> you want pork rind? I'm good. Mmm, beef jerky. Actually, it's beyond meat jerky. It's good. Made from plants. I'm about four seconds away from tackling us. You've evolved. So should your snacks. That one probably is not the funniest one, but I like that they're not it's, just going with mopey teenagers, yeah. but finding like these guys are both so confident, right? And yeah. you can tell the guy is still confident yeah. too. It's, it's believable that that's who the quarterback became. Yes, exactly. Um, he's. I like the spit take that the young actor He literally does. spits the beef yeah. jerk out again. Using your product where somebody hates your product or has a negative reaction to your product is pretty interesting. Like, how many food commercials actually show somebody spitting out the product? Well, that, you're that was to actually sell? he spits out a pork rind. Oh, I thought the kid. I thought the kid took one out of the bag and tried it, and then he spit it oh, out. Oh, did he? Oh, may, maybe I'm wrong. I took it to mean that, but um, no, I guess he probably did spit a pork rind out. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I really like those. I guess I don't have a good way to close that other than to say adcolades. Adcolades. And? Admonishments. Admonishments. Commercials in the news. All right. Taking you to the anchor desk, Genevieve. What do you have for us? <laughs> well, this is an ad. Uh, this is an ad. This is an article that I stumbled across from Ad Age, and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. It's it's a little sort of industry, uh, you know, industry news, and not so much about particular ads. But it is a, it is about an issue that I think people are really thinking about, and and I know our listeners 
have talked about this a lot. The problem of the frequency, the overplayed ad on your streaming service of choice, right? The the Hulu show that shows you the same goddamn commercial for Airbnb until you hate that company by the mm-hmm. end of like sure, yeah. your 60-minute drama or yep, whatever. Yep. Um, so YouTube is obviously like one of the bigger streamers right now and there's uh and they they came out this week at a uh, brand cast which is kind of like the showcase for advertisers kind of like the upfronts are for um for tv this is yeah. like for um this is like brand, you this is what youtube shows like all their their hot new content producers or whatever um and so this year they they deployed an ad frequency cap which means they're going to give brands a way to control how often their commercials actually run oh, over smart. the course of a week. And I'm not sure how much it's this ads very written in very or this article is written in very um, like sort of industry speak. So mm-hmm. I had a hard time parsing some of it. But my impression is that there's probably a fair amount of dialing in that advertisers can do. I don't know if it's to the level of an individual viewer or an individual uh, you know, show or whatever, mm. but like they can decide how many times they want their ad to run within a particular week or, or day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think this is interesting because I think we're going to start to see more and more of this as advertising shifts from uh, from traditional television to streaming services. And this this is like this is an this is a story that when we look back at it, you know, ten years from now, we'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when people were still buying ads on television. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, YouTube's uh, ad revenue last quarter was $6.87 billion with a B. <laughs> and that's a 15% increase over the first quarter of last year. And uh, so, you know, they're like, they're getting up there. Like it's real money that's yes, happening. very real. And that's just YouTube. You know, like that's not, that Hulu also sells ads and so does HBO now even. Um, so, so ad Commercials aren't going anywhere. Like, yeah. if anything, you and I no, they just adapt. <laughs> have yeah. uh, have picked a, a genre of yeah. of media that is going to only grow. Um, so anyway, I thought that was interesting, and I also wanted to note who the who YouTube like focused on is like their big, like their shiny object. Like these are the kinds of shows that your ad for, you know, a new mattress could be appearing in, right? Mm-hmm. And so they focused on um, creators like Jimmy Donaldson, better known as Mr. Beast, hmm. and a performer named Patrick Starr. So I was curious, and I went uh, to YouTube and looked up Mr. Beast. Um, that's Mr. Beast. Does no period or spaces or anything. Just Mr. Okay. Beast. Okay. Oh, that's why you're saying it fast. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. It could be Merbeast. It could be Merbeast. Yeah, it's true. Merbeast. So Merbeast is. Um, a guy looks like he's in his 20s kind of a generic looking white guy and his deal is basically it's like it's sort of like uh, a game show meets jackass and so they have like listeners like regular people as far as i can tell uh who like get featured in these videos and then they do what look to be absolutely mental stunts some of them are just uncomfortable like they have a guy stay in a, a room that's like Super, super cold. They call it the world's coldest room. I don't, but it's like basically a room full of ice. It's like jackass shit. It's like jackass. He has to be in the long. And so for every hour that he's in there, someone, some fan of his, and I don't know who all these characters are, but someone who's a fan of his, who's outside the room, she gets $10,000 in cash. And so you see them. He stays in there hour after hour trying, trying to win cash for this oh. other person. And so... 
It's all kinds of things like that. Like they throw a, a backpack full of cash into shark infested waters and then somebody jumps in and swims to get it. Oh, God. They put How a, is that legal? They or put, maybe do you think that there there are some sort of... I don't know what the safeguards on this are. It looks real, but again, like a, it could be anything. They do show a guy crossing a waterway filled with alligators on like little stepping stones to pick up a briefcase full of cash. They show a girl... With a safety rope, slacklining across a canyon to get a briefcase full of cash. I wouldn't do that with all the safety ropes in the world. Yeah. This is like some magic Christian shit, not to keep my... It um, is like some magic to, Christian not shit. Not to keep my references too modern. That, people should see that movie. Uh-huh. Ringo great, Starr. Uh, and uh, Peter, Peter Sellers. Sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm trying to think who directed it, too. I think it's somebody that you would know, but... Um, yeah, that you know, I mean, that's it, it, that's a comedy from the '60s, but it explores the same. I mean, honestly, that movie is more of a comment on what this show is exploiting, yeah. which is just like, what will people do for money? Yeah. Which is like one of the grossest things. It is. It is pretty gross. Um, and then the other one that they showcase at this brand cast was an artist that I was more happy about, um, named Patrick Starr. Patrick Starr is a drag queen who uh, the one that I happened to look up. And maybe maybe some of his uh, uh, other videos are more like, I don't know if they're like more performative or whatever. But this is just a tour of his amazing makeup room. Okay, do you want to hear some of this? I didn't play any of the shark tape, but we can play some. Yeah, do you want to play some Patrick Star? Pa- Patrick Star. All right. The, by the way, three R's on Star if, yes. you're, if you're counting. Hi, Lord. It's Patrick Star, and welcome to my beauty space. Come in. Okay, so this is my Patrick Star makeup beauty store. I have everything from wigs, hair, brushes, makeup foundations, and I have a whole storage unit. So many drawers. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of the closet uh, on the yacht and overboard. Being a uh, you know, I do. just to keep it universal. So keep it universal. Uh, free makeup, and I just need Goldie Hawn wishes this was her pl- closet yeah. on the yacht. So anyway, that's it's more of the same. It's just kind of beauty talk. Let's hear these assholes jumping for money through shark-infested waters. We are currently surrounded by countless sharks, maybe even a thousand. I don't think it's that many. And in this, backpack- <laughs> oh no, shit, he's actually not Did the it most. Just win me over. He's not the most <laughs> unlikable guy. That was kind of funny. And if you retrieve that hundred thousand dollars in cash. I'll give it to your number one fan. Oh. Who is conveniently right here? Oh. Let's go, Chris! Okay. Let's oh. go, baby! So it's never the person doing it that gets the money. It's the sometimes friend. it is, yeah. and sometimes it's like someone oh who has, for some reason, for some arcane reason, not visible to me, motivated to help out this stranger. Uh-huh. But they're You must have an agreement that you you're gonna split the cash or something. They never show him grabbing it, but they show him coming back with it. So he got, he did. So I think there was some trickery shit. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Anyway, they give away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars if this show is to be believed in like eight minutes. And so, yeah, and, and they're and they're getting that money through, I'm assuming, the advertising? Or through the they advertising. Have, do they have, I wonder if there's also like specific underwriters. I don't know if there's specific underwriters, but either way, it's sponsorship money, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, that's the only kind of revenue you get as mm-hmm. a YouTuber. And so he's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on prize money and quite a bit of money to set up these stunts. It's not free to set any of them up. It's just wild to me, like how much money there is in YouTubing. Yeah. Why can't people just enjoy 
good, innocent television like we used to, like Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I'm not advocating for Hogan's Heroes. I don't. I feel like that's a false dichotomy. I wasn't. Um, I that wasn't a statement on you. I was just. I. I. That was me. Because I again, like the the YouTube shows hold no appeal to me, and so I was that that's supposed to be a joke on my at my expense. But um, I also hate Hogan's Heroes. Like it's like, but this is I was just trying to think of an old shitty show because I didn't like Hogan's Heroes. We don't have to turn this into we don't have to go around the horn and get everybody's feelings about Hogan's Heroes. I realize I raised this, but that was the point. There, I, I see. don't like well that Hogan's Heroes is not was not even a contemporary reference for me. Yeah, or you, right. I mean, I guess like the shows like this, like Jackass and um, Fear Factor and stuff like this is not a new idea. Like the idea of like setting up stunts for people to do and seeing if they'll do them for money. Yeah. Um, so why am I so shocked that it can happen on YouTube and be remunerative for the for the host? But it does seem weird because I just think maybe because of my age, YouTube still seems like a thing where you put your kids like piano recital you know <laughs> so that grandma can see it all right i can tell you when to do it so we'll just do it really quickly like what are your feelings on hogan's heroes then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna entertain any more hogan's heroes talk <laughs> That's my everybody's talking at me that's fair i don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind Okay, so we got to play this commercial um, that I referenced at the top of the show, right? This is the commercial yes. that we played last week. Yeah, and so the whole point of this, do we have the link to the commercial in here anywhere? Let's see. Here. If you scroll down, it'll be at the bottom. Week. This commercial um, was for York Peppermint Patty. We described it in great detail last week. I'm not going to uh, re- uh, explain everything that's happening visually in this commercial, but suffice it to say, this little girl is looking for her plushie. Um, I have to turn off some music here. She's looking for her plushie doll, which her mom has, but her mom is preoccupied by eating a York peppermint patty. But the point here is, is what is the name? I can't find Mr. Quaggo. <laughs> we can never figure out. Now we can't even hear that tape without it. Just being, we just can't tell what the, is it Mr. Craggles? Is it Mr. Quaggle? I can't find Mr. Quaggle. Um, and so we did a lot of sleuthing on that last week. We slowed it down. We enhanced. We enhanced. Yeah. And I couldn't uh, figure it out. We but now we, have some, bites. now we have some um, new clues. Some new clues. And first, I want to uh, thank everybody who weighed in on this uh, so far. Um, Corinne says, I really wanted it to be Crago, Mr. Crago, since we refer to our daughter-in-law's dad as Crago for oh, some reason. Like, oh, because like maybe the guy's name is Craig. Yeah. So Crago. Sure. Yeah. Um, Brian says in his headcanon, uh, she is saying Mr. Craigle, and this is a prequel to the Lego movie. I didn't know what that meant, so I looked mm-hmm. that up. The Lego movie um, description, uh, this is the premise of that. Lord Business is fixated on being in control. Lord Business. Yes. Um, this and- is why the conservatives think that the media is out to get them. Oh, <laughs> if you're rich, then oh, you must Lord be Bi- bad. Wait till oh. you hear what Lord Business wants to do. Oh, no. Um, and cannot stand anything even slightly that deviates from his idea of perfection. He creates... He creates walls between each section of the Lego world to keep all the pieces in what he believes to be their rightful places and prevents them from mingling with each other in any way not allowed by his instructions. Actually, this does sound very conservative. However, he eventually finds that uh, that unsatisfactory and develops a plan to use Kragle, which is actually crazy glue, to forever seal each piece in place creating a perfect but immobile world. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so what crazy glue would, is the natural would be enemy, enemy of Legos. Of Lego. Yes. Yeah. 
That's interesting. And so so you have Legos, but then you have Kragle, which right. is a, a type glue. of glue. Okay. Um, and then here's where things really break wide open yeah. and where I've already embarrassed myself via email by emailing the person who I now believe is the creator of this commercial because Anna, did she post this on Instagram or sent this into us? I think this is, she posted this maybe on our Facebook. I meant Facebook. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but Anna says, according to Vimeo, it's Mr. Craggles, C-R-A-G-G-L-E-S, which is the closest I could make out. And Anna has included a screen cap of this commercial posted on Vimeo and is posted by somebody named Joel Frankie, F-R-A-N-C-K-E. And at first I was unclear who this Joel Frankie person was and I was... I was tootling around the internet trying to track him down. And for some reason, I got my wires crossed and I thought he was a writer for Ad Age. I'm wrong about that. It's pretty clear that even though he's not returning my emails, which I sent over 45 minutes ago now, <laughs> this is a, um, he's he's a creative. I don't know if he is a director or what it is, but like he's got a website which features a whole bunch of his work, including probably my favorite ad campaign of the past five years, which is Slunk Jeep. AKA the junk sleep commercials mattress of mattress firm. firm. Yeah. Um, and I found his email address on his website and I wrote into him just kind of giving him a little bit of the background and wondering if he could give us any insight into this commercial. Um, and maybe, you know, there is a chance that Frankie, and I also mentioned something I'm like, are you a journalist? Were you uploading these because these are your work or was this part of your work at ad age? And then I re later realized he never worked at ad age. He used to work for Droga five, which is one of the most famous, um, uh, creative firms and and also I think doing some of the work that we like yeah. the most right a little bit outside the box kind of commercials very very smart very funny visually exciting exactly right so anyway it would be interesting if this guy wrote back to me I have a feeling I boneheaded it again with this person um, <laughs> with my introduction but that's just my one more and you get a t-shirt uh, one more and you just get a shovel. You can just dig a <laughs> hole. Just keep digging deeper and deeper. Do you know that there's a whole thing on uh, Wikipedia that is uh, dedicated to the... Uh, we're talking about gender norms before, but this is specifically called the male fascination with digging holes. Have we discussed this already? Some, I've I've either listened to an episode of TBT. Did you talk about it on, on TBT? I'm not sure. I might have talked about it in real life with you, but yeah, it, there's... It I, all blurs together. I, find, I follow this thing on Instagram called the Depths of Wikipedia which I think kind of blew up recently when it was featured in the, um, I want to say the New York Times Magazine. I could be wrong about that, but something akin to that. And um, they will focus on weird little corners of Wikipedia that, you know, teach you about the world or whatever. And uh, one of them had all this information. Once they find a topic, they'll bring more information to the table. And it was all about like, people documenting the male fascination with just digging holes and memes dedicated to it. And, the, and I kind of understand that, like, or maybe it was tunnels, tunnels or holes, but like that some people and they're, they're putting a it on men here. A tunnel is just a hole on its side. <laughs> That's the pull quote. Um, <laughs> and I do understand that. Like sometimes you're digging in your backyard and you're like, what if I just keep digging? Why, why would I stop digging? This is my yard. Why don't I just keep digging and just see what happens? All right. I question if there's really like, 
I mean, couldn't you draw a circle around anything and say, like, there's a male fascination with that and find, like, enough evidence yeah. to support it? Yeah, the, the gender breakout of that is kind of interesting to me, so I don't yeah, want to like, buy into it, it too much. Yeah, would it be humans? Although, I guess in, in this case scenario, when I was telling you about this, I think I it's was the whole like, the I, I totally understand it, and you had no idea this. You, you don't share this idea of when you're out in the yard digging weeds or whatever, you don't have this sort of urge to keep going. Because I will say that <laughs> you know I do. What? All right. <laughs> I mean, that's your lived experience. So who am I to contradict But it? just because I happen to have that and you don't doesn't mean that it's a male <laughs> fascination. Anyway, um, yeah. So, Joel Frankie, get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. Oh, wait. I just got an email. I'm not joking. Is it from him? No, it's from Luke. It's from boring old Luke. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, while we wait for Joe Frankie to check his email and um, re- reckon with the fact that Andrew got a few things wrong, but is nevertheless worthy of a response, please email us yourselves at after these messages show at Gmail. Um, you can call dot us com. dot com. You got to have the dot com. Mm-hmm. It's it's mission critical for those emails. Um you can call us, leave us a voicemail, sing us a jingle. It's been a while. For a while, we were rolling in jingles, mm-hmm. and suddenly no jingles. Mm-hmm. The female fascination with rolling in jingles. Rolling in jingles. 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607-444-5597. All right. That and, everything? And don't Facebook. forget to hit us up on the Facebook group. Yeah. It's always fun there. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the best content from this show comes from that. That's that right. Group. All right, everybody. Good luck looking for Mr. Craggles. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week.